Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Wonderful. We had uh, Vision Sunday a few weeks ago and many of you filled out cards and made pledges. We had uh, right around $60,000 pledged and about 49,000 has come in so far. So I wanna thank you for your generosity. We're prioritizing now those specific things that we want to um, restore. And as we move ahead with that, it'll be pretty obvious. I hope it's pretty obvious um, around here. I wanna say how proud I am of the youth for last Sunday service. That was sensational. I wasn't able to be here. We were at the, our location uh, down in Inglewood. But um, this, is, this is what's happening on the earth. And this is what we're going to keep happening uh, this morning. Uh, I've, I've asked the Father to do a particular miracle, and that's turn some of the hearts of fathers to the next generation. So I'm asking that. It requires first the turning of our hearts to the Heavenly Father. When we become refathered, and then we're qualified then to father others. And that's the process that we're involved in right now. Um, this is my last Sunday preaching for a few weeks. The, um, my particular, um, um, I got, my particular issue is I need to focus right now. I, I know that I'm completely and totally healed in the body and the blood of Jesus, but, I've, but my MRI didn't show that yet. One day I'll be able to say I'm cancer-free, but currently I'm dealing with a treatable prostate cancer that I'll be able to stand up and say and then pray for anybody who has any form of cancer as we walk through this. <laughs> and we will walk through it. I just need your patience. Uh, I need to really focus on seeing this manifestation in my body, and um, and cancer has it's 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 a word. It's not a sentence. And Jesus' name is much higher. So, just give me the, the the space. We plan on showing up Sundays. This is our family, our high values gathering on Sunday. We'll be service leading and carrying on some of our regular functions. But I just need a little bit of time. So I thank you for releasing us. Uh, to do that, and so, and we'll see you each Sunday. I'll be most Sundays. Uh, the Harley is calling. <laughs> I hear the call. <clears throat> I want to just make a statement because I won't be publicly making statements for a little while. But I do want to make a statement regarding not the end times, but the beginning of times. As believers, we um, are not fearful about the end times, but we are making ourselves ready for the new times that are coming. And new, and new times are coming. Let me just uh, try to clarify something and, and what I think is really important. First of all, we live in an age of lawlessness. Um, Bible even talks about a, a man of lawlessness or a man of iniquity. Probably is, being, has, is revealed on the global scene now. Um, this shouldn't distress us. Um, what's taking place right now is we would, we would call the lawlessness um, where, uh, where, where people 
are against the laws of God or even the laws of nature. And the systems of this world or Revelation would say the kingdoms of this world need to become the kingdoms of our Christ. And that process is, is under, uh, right now is underway. The, the systems of this world are antagonistic towards this, the, the kingdoms of our Christ. All of them, the financial system, medical system, education system. And, and we don't need to get anxious about that, but what we do need to do is tune our hearts and towards what the Father is saying and doing. We need to, the, the, the only way we're going to navigate through this is that we build uh, an exclusive and a high level and a top priority of intimacy with the Father. And we'll make it. No problem. So, so that you see our education system is, is no longer has any respect for the Bible. Mind you, our government system doesn't neither. Most systems don't. Let's not fret about that. Let's say, Lord, what would you have us to do in this time? And he'll direct us. He can guide us through, through it all, and he will, because he's guiding us to the beginning of when he will come and rule and reign on the earth. So let's not get focused on the end. Let's get focused on the beginning, because a new day is coming. And, uh, and I want us to be aware of that. And, 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 and from my perspective, this isn't the judgment of God. It's the freedom of choice for our leaders. And when they make decisions, so this is not the judgment of God. This is a natural consequence of sowing and reaping. When you take God out of a system, the system will ultimately collapse, just a matter of time. So it's okay. It's just kind of might get a little bit dark before it gets bright. But a new day is coming. So, so little ones, he promised he would not leave us as orphans. He said, don't let your hearts get troubled. And our hearts can get troubled. And when our hearts are troubled, they won't turn. When our hearts are hard, they won't turn. When our, when our hearts become weary or overwhelmed or troubled, they won't turn. And so my exhortation this morning is to keep your heart soft and tender and open and ready to turn to the Father. And this is what, to me, what, what Father's Day largely is about. And I want to talk about what happens when hearts turn. And this is a bit mysterious and maybe even a little bit mystical when I talk about hearts turning. But I believe it's possible, uh, it's one of the last verses in the Old Testament by the Italian prophet Malachi. It says that, that, that one would come in the spirit of Elijah. And what was Elijah's message? Repentance to turn. He would come and his preaching would turn the hearts of fathers to their sons and I think that's, uh, I think it's really fathers, but I think it's generic. It's sons and daughters. And in, in doing so, when the fathers would do that, then they would turn their hearts to the fathers. And he would heal the land, lest it be struck with the natural outcome of fatherlessness, and that's the lack of identity, the lack of inheritance, and the lack of intimacy. We're, we're, if, if we could just get... Hearts to turn, it would solve the nation's issues. I personally believe that. So let me wander through a, a few passages of Scripture here 
Because I think this refers to all of us, not just fathers, who have natural children, but also spiritual children. Paul had walked with Timothy, sorry, Titus, for over 15 years, and in Titus chapter 1 and verse 4, um, he called him his true son, my true son in the common faith. I, I love what happened there. A heart of a father turned to a son, heart of a son turned to a father, and values were transferred. When hearts turn, values transfer. Um, fathers carry vision and values to their kids, and he passes them on. The, both the truth and the problem is that we come from a line of men who have made mistakes. Long line of men who have made mistakes. What do we do with fathers? Well, naturally, we forgive them so we can move on. That's what we do. When our hearts turn, identity, inheritance, and intimacy are restored. Our dads are always our first heroes. What happens is that in that interaction, many times our disappointments with our dads will translate into our disappointment with our heavenly dad. More than, more than any other specific dynamic, the way that you were fathered will have the greatest impact on how you are now being fathered by your heavenly father or refathered, I would say. So the fact is that the Father has turned his heart towards us. And I want to talk about this in sort of uh, uh, personal terms and maybe, maybe practical terms. One of the greatest joys of my life has been to be a father. It's also been one of the greatest challenges in the area of probably greatest regret um, because we come from a long line of men who've made mistakes. And my father was not perfect, <clears throat> nor am I, neither are you. But somehow in the process of fathering, something takes place in the heart of man where he goes from being a good man to being a great man because the process transforms us on the inside. And we find out that we lack a lot of what we need to father those that the Lord's placed around us. So what do we do is we go back to our heavenly daddy and we say, Lord, I need some help in this time because I'm just not sure how to do it. And he is the perfect father. Um, the, Jesus would say in, in one of his key prayers, he'd say, if you're wanting to learn to pray, he said, start by saying this, our Father. Jesus restores the image of a father if we'll let him. And not do, hearts don't turn once, they keep turning. My heart's turning today. By the way, and it doesn't change with age. I was born in 1957. Next month I'll be 65. Uh, one of my daughters was born in 1987, uh, 30 years later. And um, if she calls me now with a heavy heart, my heart is moved the same as when she was two years old. Doesn't change. Our hearts don't turn once, they keep turning. My, my encouragement today is, will you keep letting your heart be turned? And when we do, it says that we'll break the curse of fatherlessness in the land. We can do our part to make that work. Um, <clears throat> few things move the heart of a father more than the care for his kids. I, I am a father, and I know what moves my heart. One of the greatest burdens of my heart is when I can't provide for my kids. Do you know what that reveals to me? The heart of my heavenly father. 
his desire to provide for his kids all the time. When my, if my children are sick, I would rather be sick. If your heart's turned as a father, you actually feel the same way. Mums feel the same way. Just let me deal with it, not my kids. This is the heart of your heavenly father, which is why he dealt with all sickness in the cross. <clears throat> this is his heart. And, and so I just want to... <clears throat> I know what moves his heart because I know what moves my heart. And this is, this is like the perfect father now coming to refather me, which he wants to do to all of us today. <clears throat> um, allow me to uh, address another killer cliche. Just bear with me a little bit here. Um, because for many of us, we've heard the phrase that prayer moves the hand of God. I understand there's a portion of that to be accurate, but there's another portion of that that's confusing because what it implies is that the Father will with, is withholding something from us and we have to come to him as a servant or as an orphan and have to beg until he, and I understand we, prayer needs to be persistent, but, but any well-adjusted father who's in a room that's filled with a banquet and their child is out starving in the other room, would at any instant, at any moment, if he knew that was the case, his heart would be moved towards them, not waiting for them to knock on the door. You didn't choose him, he chose you first. I just want us to be careful how we come to the Father. It says in, in Luke chapter 15, I don't pretend to know everything about the prodigal story, but I do know it says that when, when his son was a long way off, he saw him when he was a long way off. This is like a picture of prayer for us. We think it's just when we were hedonistic and smoking drugs and hanging around with all the wrong crowd. This is you and I today who have removed ourselves from the Father's heart and from a long way off, he sees you coming. He, he expects you to come. He's not... He anticipates you coming. This is the heart of a father. I, my kids say they're coming over for supper. I can't wait. This is the heart of our heavenly daddy. We don't come to him as orphans, begging. It says of the prodigal, he had made himself up a speech. Let, let's let our prayers not be speeches. And, he, and here's how his prayer, his speech started. I don't deserve See, so that would be the heart of a prodigal, perhaps. But you and I have a father that's waiting for us to come home. I'm not sure if I'm going to cut my hair or not. <clears throat> I think it's time for a ponytail. I'm not sure if I'm looking more like my grandson or Bill Johnson. <clears throat> However, none of that matters. Uh, one day when I, I was reading this about 20 years ago and the story of coming home to the Father, I had a revelation of the Father's love. And I wanted to now pass that along to somebody else. There's a young man been working at our church and he had um, probably like a spiritual son. I didn't have that revelation yet. But I'd had a, I did have a ring. And I thought of the story of when the Father restored his identity and his inheritance. And, uh, and, and here's what he said to the, 
older brother, he said, don't everything I have is yours. I'm not withholding something. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, we've got to sort that out. Yesterday, I brought home a box from the, I'd left at my son's place from our fire. And I opened up a, um, what I thought was a cufflink case. And inside, there was something else. There was a silver ring with a blue stone in it, just like similar to the one I'd given to another young man. I got a gift from my earthly father yesterday. What I miss is I miss the story. Where did that come from? What was going on, Dad? I miss the story. But it's very similar to the one I gave away. It's a father's good pleasure to give us. I just feel like a little bit, a little part of me was refathered yesterday when I opened that up and I got a ring and it fit perfectly on my finger. I don't want to deviate too much from the real message. But <clears throat> a long way off, fathers narrate life. They, they, when, when questions come to you as a father, me as a father, we reframe them in light of what the heavenly father is like. Why are you budgeting, why, why, why are you budgeting the books, dad? Why are you doing that? Uh, because I want to provide well for the family. Your family that I love. It's not, oh, you guys cost so much. We, we, we take, we, and, and the other thing is do is we take memories and we put stories to them that remind them of the Father's great love for them. I told stories to my kids. Chad will remember the tales of the tall timber. And there's, there was always, there was either one of two heroes. One was the Heavenly Father or the other one was him. The, the, the story, I miss, I miss some of the stories. Proverbs 23 and verse 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life. And I thought to myself, Hmm, I think that was mom. I thought that was mom. But somewhere in that translation of discovering life, fathers play a critical role. I, I want to just look at, I know I looked at this the other day, Proverbs 4. Um, I, think, I think that you could take the first nine chapters of Proverbs and write all, uh, all that you ever need to know about fathering would be right there. Because he's addressing a son, those first nine chapters. And particularly chapter four, uh, most versions says, my son. In this version it says, uh, children, my children. We got that? My children, listen to me. Listen to your father's instructions. Pay attention and grow wise, for I'm giving you good, good guidance. Don't turn away from my teachings. For I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved by my mother as an only child. David, uh, probably one of the most influential men in Scripture, over 66 verse chapters is given to him. And he's the only one that was described as a man after God's own heart. Somehow between the shepherd boy and the king, his actions and his activities and his experience helped him to discover that God was a heart God. God has a heart. And he's a man after his heart. Kind of, when I say it, it sometimes feels to me that he was after God's heart. Another is, ah, uh, he was shaped after because he'd been fathered in the pasture as well as in the palace. It's quite a story. Um, 
He was a great warrior and a great king, but often failed as a dad because he couldn't confront his sons and their sins, and the result was chaos in the home. His family had a very sad chapter when, as he was becoming the king, and that was, a, that was about his home. Many great men can do some things brilliantly, but not everything. And for some, you're very successful in your work, what you put your hands to. But you may be like David, not that great at home. That's okay. No guilt this morning. The, the, the thing that <clears throat> interests me the most is how David treated Solomon for Solomon to be able to repeat this passage. He said, I was once too an only child. I can speak on behalf of every son and daughter here. What they want more than anything is to be loved, the beloved, the focal point, the apple of their father's eye. They want to be the beloved child. Jesus, the father would say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Every one of us wants to hear that from our dads. And, and it says of, of Solomon, he said, I was once my father's son tenderly loved. I think David probably was a domestic dud most of the time, but he did one thing great. He took his first Solomon, son of an adulterous relationship. God redeemed that completely. And now Solomon's saying, I know what it's like to be the apple of my father's eye. He did this good. He passed along to him the desire to make decisions that were based on eternal truths. Uh, it says in 1 Kings later on, I know that the heart of Solomon was turned towards his wives, plural. You can usually only handle about one. I know I'm right. Um, um, Caleb, can I have you grab that black bag for me there, please? To, to be, to be uh, just here, to be the desire, the, the focal point of your father um, is what we want. I want to show a picture uh, to you of my lineage a little bit. Um, now, this would be, look at the suicide doors on that Buick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a boy. That's me. Uh, this would be the spring... Um, of 1958, and you can see the milk can and the old rain barrel back there. Next, next picture, please. Oh, look at the hat and mom. Oh, the thing I love about this is dad and I are wearing the same coats, matchy-matchy. And um, Argyle socks, he kind of has that, um, I wonder, yeah. So let, the next picture, though, is the one I particularly want you to look at. He's got a Peaky Blinders haircut, which I probably should get. <laughs> but but when my when my uncle or my cousin sent me this picture, I hadn't seen it before. But I tell you what I love about it. It's the way my father looks at me. Saul said, "I was once like the only child." They, they, my parents were able to hide from my sister that I was the favorite. I'm not, sure what, I'm not sure what actually the transaction is taking place. But we all want and long to be the center of attention by a significant man, a father type. And I know sometimes as a, as a leader in a church, I'm looked at sometimes, 
I, I, I get some of the positive stuff of your father issues, but I also get the negative stuff of your father issues. And there's sometimes when a little transaction takes place, whether it's at the altar or in the foyer, and I can feel just a little bit, sometimes more, if, if I'm really conscious of the Father's love being shared with another, because that's what they need, that's what they want, a Father's embrace. We did an altar call at a camp once, and I found four good men, stood them up, I said, anybody needs a Father's hug? Come on in the front. It emptied, everybody came to the front for a hug. We all need a Father's embrace. And this is why when the first thing the Father did in Luke chapter 15, not only did he see him, see him coming, but he ran towards him. And then what did he do? He stopped the speech. The I deserve speech. And he reminded them that he was the beloved son, not the prodigal. And he had welcomed back the full rights. Put a ring on his finger. Put some sandals on his feet. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer an orphan. You know, he said, oh, I only deserve. Yeah, yeah, it's not about what we deserve. It's about what's been purchased. It's a beautiful thought. Um, back in Saskatchewan, my grandpa, uh, Hornsouth on my mom's side, has a homestead there. We can't do much about our ancestors, but we can do something about our descendants. And uh, I went there once, um, and I walked around the homestead. The, the log cabin had been crumbled. And I sort of, in my own way, just kind of wondered, what was, what was on Grandpa's mind when he was clearing this land, tree by tree by tree by tree, while he was digging a root cellar with a spade to, to pr preserve food, to care for his family? What was he thinking? Was he thinking, did he have a vision like David did for Saul? I want you to listen to my instruction. My father said, take my words to heart. Follow my instructions and you'll live. Learn to be wise. Develop good judgment. Don't forget to turn away from your words. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Get wisdom. One, one version says, buy wisdom because it's expensive. It's costs. I wonder if he had a vision for each of his kids. Because as a father, the Lord gives you a vision for each of your kids. The question is, will you come to him, turn your heart to him, and ask for that vision so that you can impart it to them and they live out that vision with eternal purpose in mind? What I did, I can't remember the year, but I looked around the homestead, the trees were all knocked down, and I grabbed one piece of laurel willow, and I thought what I would do is I would carve a face. Because a man's had put his life into that ground. It's not great carving, and it's not that great a wood, but it means something to me because it's from my, father, my grandfather's homestead. Um, let me just consider um, Dad, let's not give our kids the things that we wish we had. Let's teach them the things we wish we knew. I've always found it so important to try and transfer values to the kids. This is my, my vision statement for probably a decade for my family, just transfer my values. All of our family knows I have a super high value for the local church. There will come a time when they may not follow your advice, but they'll never forget your example. 
But one of the things I tried to drill into my kids was we should always return something better than we found it. Borrow a tool, take it back cleaner. Borrow the lawnmower, take it back full of gas. The problem with that is now I'm borrowing things from my son. Um, our values are transferable. This is one thing David did successfully. Um, I want to say to us all this morning that a good, good father with a good, good heart has turned his heart towards you. Will you respond? Will you allow yourself to be refathered? Our earthly fathers all failed in some areas. Forgive them. But will you... This takes a bit of courage because I know for me... When, when I was, uh, well, uh, what makes me a father is my kids, I guess, technically. But when, he, when, my, when my son was handed to me, you know, this slippery football thing, had no idea how to handle him, right? Isn't it surprising how much every baby looks like Winston Churchill? Isn't that surprising? <laughs> I find that hilarious. Um, the, the first thing you want to do is you want to, like, and, of course, the mother panics. Moms never throw kids in the air. Dads find out how high they can throw them and still catch them. It's a, it's a whole different process. Um, if you're a son or a daughter, uh, it should give you great security to know that you're carried in the heart of a good father. And sometimes, physically, that's important to know. I'll, I'll sometimes just text the kids and say, you're on my heart today. You can't... You can't. You can't stop fathering. And I don't want to. It's a great joy and it's a reflection. Sometimes our kids need an earthly reflection of a heavenly reality. And that's us. If our hearts will turn, we'll be, we can be refathered. You're loved by a good father, that you're in the heart of a good man. I'm, the invitation is not just to turn our hearts towards our earthly children, but to turn our hearts towards spiritual children because of the lack of identity, the lack of inheritance, the lack of intimacy. Fact is, when you look at Elijah and when Elisha said, my father, my father, here's what's important to remember. Fathers expect nothing from their children, and, but they give everything to their children. I no longer expect anything from my you don't. They don't need to fill my tank. I go to the Heavenly Father for that. Sort me out. And then whenever I'm around them, I want to give. That's what I want to do. Now, it doesn't always work like that. But sometimes, sometimes I think that we reverse those roles and we put expectations on our kids that is unfair and unrealistic. We need to get that sorted out with our Heavenly Father. Hearts that turn. When our hearts turn, heart questions get answered. Uh, these last two verses... They, they remind me technically of some, what happens when a father's heart turns. At the same time, a son's heart turns. Because every father's a son. Not every son's a father, but every father's a son. And when father's hearts turn, what happens? They get re-sunned again. When my heart turns, all of a sudden I realize how much I need my heavenly daddy to re-father me. But I need to come to him with the heart of a son. Hearts of, son, hearts of sons, like Solomon says, are teachable. They'll listen to instruction. A fool won't learn from instruction. 
So much about this I don't know. I haven't dug far enough beneath the surface. But it's an ongoing question to me. Can hearts turn, and if so, how? Where is your heart anyway? What part of you is your heart? Um, what can stop my heart from turning? Um, how do we know when a heart is turned? Because fatherlessness, the curse of fatherlessness is broken. And now we open our heart to carry others in our hearts as fathers. Fathers, men, I want to ask you this morning to be willing to turn your hearts. By that I mean I need you to be like a son and come teachable to your heavenly father and ask him to refather you. Why? So that your heart can turn to your sons and your daughters, that they might be healed and that fatherlessness, the curse of fatherlessness is broken on the land. Um, it takes courage to turn your hearts. Timid hearts don't turn. I know I recall when the invitation came to me to be like a spiritual father to someone, I didn't know if I could had what it takes. Fact is, I didn't. Still don't. The responsibility of being a father is, can be daunting. But what, what that reminds us of is we just can't do it alone. We need to come back to the Heavenly Father for a little bit more of His heart for our kids. That's our role. Um, you can tell when a heart's turned. I can tell this. And this has happened to me over and over and over again. Throughout scriptures, it's the, the, this phrase, ask your father. Here's, 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 here's the point. Do you have somebody that you can take a, your question to and he won't put you down or make you feel small or belittle you for asking that question? When a son turns his heart towards a father, something happens in a father's heart. Yes, he realizes in that moment he doesn't have what it takes I don't know the answer to this. These are big questions. Where do I fit? Am I loved? Will I be okay? Am I safe? Am I secure? Am I known? Where did I come from? These are hard questions. It's rare that people actually ask them, but it's in the heart of every son or daughter, if you're honest today. Ask your father. What happens when, 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 when that takes place is that my heart turns instantly to my heavenly father and what, a, what, a, what an honor to allow the wisdom of heaven to flow into the heart or the mind of a son or a daughter. When our hearts turn, it actually gives us a portal into heaven. And the Heavenly Father now pours through us. We don't have all the answers. Take a moment when, you, when someone comes to you with a question. Take a moment, Dad, and just say, Daddy... I need to be refathered in this moment. I bring my question to you. Your ceiling on your teachability is pride. Pride won't ask. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 11 says, We treated each of you as a father treats his own children. How's that? Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 31, it says, The Lord carried you as a father carries his children. Fathers are designed to carry their children in their hearts. If we'll open our hearts, the Lord will give us children to carry. My last point. Take the challenge. Um, let your heart turn towards the rising generation. I know I'm right. The generations coming after us are very confused. They're not sure who they are. They've not been affirmed in their identity. They think there's all kinds of genders. They're confused. We shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't scorn. We shouldn't belittle and we shouldn't guilt. What we should do is we should turn our hearts towards them and find out how can we help heal the fatherlessness 
the lack of identity, the lack of inheritance. Lord, and it's terrifying. There's a little man, young man here, his name is Caleb. Stand up, Caleb, wait, wait. There's Caleb, there's Caleb. <laughs> Caleb. Caleb, the other night, you can be seated. That's enough. <laughs> we see you. No but, no, but the point is this, he came to me and he said, he said, Pastor, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I'd like to pray for healing for people. Heart of a son was turned. I said, buddy, every service, you're welcome to pray for the sick. Every service. Any, any youth, it's welcome. They don't have a junior Holy Spirit in them. Am I right? I got the real deal going on, and in many ways, more childlike than you and I, who are sophisticated in our thinking. Maybe I should say constipated in our thinking, probably. It would be a better phrase. <laughs> We, we serve a father who loves his children more than we ever could and he longs for each one of us to discover our unique purpose and our roles and to accept the privilege of partnering with heaven to father a generation oh it's easy to point at how they dress and how they act and how they look and how entitled they feel it's easy to do that the harder thing is to say Lord give me your heart for that generation turn my heart because I know you turned your heart towards me when I was running from you. I know he ran to me. I wonder if we could be like the Heavenly Father and run towards the next generation. Embrace them. Don't point out all the faults that they've made and how they've squandered their youth. What if we could just love them with no conditions? We would break the curse of fatherlessness in the land. <laughs> <clears throat> the call is to re-enter and allow your heart to be accessed. I talked to a very successful pastor this week. He planted a church and he said, I, I made a plan of planting a church and I took it to somebody I really respected and asked him what he thought of my plan. I said, what were you expecting? He said, actually, I didn't care if you accepted my plan or not. I just wanted to be affirmed. What son or daughter doesn't just want to be affirmed? What son or daughter doesn't want to just be encouraged? In our, all of our hearts, we long for that. Dads, when you think about quitting, remember who's watching. There was a song uh, by Phillips Craig and Dean that I used to listen to because it helped open my heart towards my children. The song says, Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. Every past experience prepares us for future experiences. <clears throat> you might forget the decisions that you made along your way, along the way, but your decisions don't forget you. This morning, the, the invitation is for Father's hearts to turn. I'd like to celebrate you as But the real cure for healing the generations is for our hearts to turn to our Heavenly Father. It did not all have to happen instantly, but this was the message of Elijah. This, his, it says that his preaching would turn the hearts of fathers. Would, would, would you turn your heart? Yeah, I know we've had disappointments. That hardens our hearts. Yeah, I know we've had experiences. That hardens our hearts. 
I know we have disappointments with our dads and I know we have disappointments with our kids and I know we have disappointments with life. Okay, boo-hoo. Will we turn our hearts towards the next generation? <clears throat> Is your heart open to be turned? There's a good father who has an intense desire for proximity and provision. He wants to provide for you. The father is watching, he's waiting, he's filled with compassion, he's got an open heart that's turned towards you to heal. Do you know that you're loved, you're cared for, you're carried, you're protected? Because your heart still yearns for more of the father. There's none of us here that are finished in this process. But I just wonder if I could ask men here this morning if their hearts would turn. And what will happen is you find when you turn your hearts to the Lord to be refathered, that all of a sudden the next generation will begin coming to you. They'll just show up. And here's what you'll think, I'm not cool enough, but I want to have a ponytail. They don't. They want a man bun. You'll find that you'll lack compassion, you'll lack love, you'll lack answers, you'll lack wisdom. Good. You're being initiated into fatherhood where you go back to your heavenly daddy and say, what, is, what do they need? What do I have that they can have? Fathers don't ask for things from their kids. They give things to their kids. Can I have all the men here stand, please? This is not a small challenge. This is a big challenge. It's not small. It'll take more than you have. But I just want to know if you're willing to let your heart be turned. We had a moment dedicating children this morning. It's beautiful. We all stood towards them. Are you open to being refathered by your Heavenly Father so that you can father others? Are you willing to open up your heart to carry another one in your heart? Now, they might wake you up in the middle of the night because you're burdened for them. And they, they might cost you a little bit of time and maybe a little bit of money. But if you're true heart is turned to a good father that provision is already available for you today I'm going to ask for a miracle that our, these men's hearts would turn it, it says in John chapter uh, 12 that it said there, there will be, become those he was prophesying from Isaiah there will be those whose hearts couldn't turn because they've hardened I'm going to ask for forgiveness for hardness of heart where we're out of fear or insecurity we've not let our hearts turn towards our kids because we're not sure what could happen a father's love is the purest love it's way purer than a husband husband's love is filled with agendas and sexual innuendos but a father's love is different it's pure it's the purest form of love father I ask on behalf of every man that's here would they open their heart not to, just to their earthly children but first of all would they open up their heart to you as a son to be to be fathered that would enable them to now unconditionally love and care for those in the next generation that are coming after us God would you would you Lord this morning would you turn these hearts and as their hearts are turned Lord I know that first of all you moved first and now your hearts move towards them Lord, I bless every man that's here right now. And I thank you, Lord, that they're willing to let their hearts be turned. I ask for forgiveness in times when our hearts have been hardened or weary or burdened and we've carried these responsibilities that weren't necessarily ours. Lift that off today and we come as sons 
to be fathered. God, make us trustworthy men that have pure hearts. Lord, I pray for a generation that wouldn't be afraid of grabbing the hand of someone, another man that's older than them or something, and God, maybe they'd be selective and discerning, but Lord, may we be those that would turn our hearts towards that generation. Father, today I thank you for the good hearts of good men here right now. And I know that you're doing a miracle among us. I know that. I can feel it. You're moving. But, oh, Lord, we need your help. Forgive us for criticizing and pointing out faults. Let us be that, those ones that put rings on sons and daughters. Let us be those, Lord. God, I ask for the preservation of family and your kingdom. I ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I just have everybody stand? I want to just declare a benediction before Tim closes. And uh, I'm going to invite Caleb to come to the front. Any any other young people want to come pray for fathers? Uh, You're welcome to come. Come on up. Any any other young, young men or women want to come? You're welcome to come. Anybody else? I can invite the prayer team too. Yeah. Come on, come on. <clears throat> come on. See, you see what's, will, you, will your heart turn too? This is a miracle. I was asked to close a meeting the other day of youth and I said, would you pray for them? I said, no, I want them praying for me. Father, I thank you for this house, the privilege I've had to lead and be part of seeing it develop and shape. Father, today I'm so proud of every man that's here today. I thank you for the families, Lord, that they represent and the family that we represent, the family of God. As today as our hearts turn, Lord, that there be a flow of supernatural love that would melt our hardened hearts. Lord, may we always stay tender and soft, open, pure vessels, for you. Lord, we want to be just like you because they want to be just like us. Help us, oh God, I pray. In the name of Jesus. If you'd like prayer, uh, we do have a prayer team too. I think these guys would be they're capable enough. Thanks for uh, being here this morning. I think that we've prepared some lunch for you. I th- Tim will tell you that. I'm here to pray for you too if you want. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.